0: This is Rotten or Righteous News, and today... He's a dirty milk-drinking, khaki-wearing nose picker, and I wouldn't put him in charge of a peewee football team, let alone Michigan. Welcome back to the Rotten and Righteous News Network, where we tell you nearly new news that nobody needs to know. I'm your anchor, Zach Guiler, with my co-anchor, Scott Judge.
1: Who's old and hard of hearing. Our episode is called Nearly What News?
0: No, our tagline is Nearly New News That Nobody Needs to Know.
1: Nearly new news, right? Because no it's from the
0: previous week, so it's not exactly okay. new news. Okay, uh, I'm glad that I'm we got that hear. covered.
1: You, well, you know what, you know what, I thought you said. I meant to ask you about that the other day. It's nearly new news, <laughs>
0: hmm, right? I, I do want to point out that today our podcast is sponsored by Guantanamo Bay. <laughs>
1: All right.
0: And uh, two years, the we've been
1: waiting for a sponsorship in Guantanamo Bay.
0: They said that our show being played over the loudspeakers at Guantanamo <laughs> Bay is more effective torture than anything else they've tried in the past.
1: It's great. Waterboarding so, out. Rotten right. Or righteous in.
0: Correct. <laughs> We're two weeks away from the college football season. Kickoff. And that means that AP Top 25 College Football Poll has just been released as of yesterday, August 15th, from when we're recording. So, as we all know, football is probably the most important social issue of our time. And whether or not these 18 through 21 year olds catch balls good and run fast uh, really is just so essential to our nation's health. And so it's important that we take the time to look at this AP poll just to see where we're at. Number one, Scott, who do you think? Alabama. Are you looking at it or are you just guessing? Have you already seen it?
1: Well, I I looked it up real quick, but I'd heard that they would be number one, and I wouldn't expect anybody else.
0: Yeah, they're they're number one.
1: Alabama.
0: I wonder how much Nick Saban has to pay in order to to keep those officials not calling calls and keep those recruits coming in.
1: Hey, you know they do it right. Saban's no. on top of it, baby.
0: Here's the thing: number two, which is number one in our hearts, is Ohio State. Um. We have a pretty mature team coming back. We didn't lose too many players last year. I think we're going to do good this year. Uh, Big opener. Go Bucks! Big, big opener. Georgia's kind of a surprise at number three. I think the number three spot for the past, well, ever since we started doing the playoffs, has been kind of up for grabs, really. It's been Mm -hmm. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and then the wild card. So, Georgia – it does surprise me that Georgia's sure. ranked higher than Clemson. But then again, if with a coach named Dabo Sweeney, uh I don't think that you should be taken seriously at all. Dabo is a Ooh. is a ridiculous name. Ooh. And Clemson I win a championship. Yeah, that's fine. Man. That's fine. They Dabo,
1: can. you don't like the name Dabo?
0: You have to you can win a college championship all you want. You still have to go to bed at night knowing your name is Dabo Sweeney. <laughs> wow.
1: For all you Clemson fans, <laughs> hey,
0: Roll George tied. is opening up against um, Oregon. That's good. Who's Ohio State playing first too. again? What's that? Who's Ohio State's opener? I really don't know off the top of my head.
1: Oh, it's it's Notre Dame, the number five preseason team.
0: Yeah, well, here's the thing: I don't think Notre Dame should even have a number by their name. Period. Really? Yeah, What's I. That? It, it drives me nuts because Notre Dame won't join a conference. I could have a winning record too if I can cherry pick who I play. I can say that I'm Ooh. I'm the, the greatest team in the world because my schedule's so strong if I get to cherry pick who I play, but Ohio State has Ooh. to play Big Ten can, or Big Ten opponents. And for the most part, the Big Ten kind of sucks right now. So until Notre now Dame joins a conference, I don't think that they should be in the question of the playoffs. I don't think they should hey. have a little number by their name. They can come play you whoever can, they want, but they're an exhibition team until they join a conference. In my opinion,
1: you can say what you want, but they're going to turn around and play Marshall the next week.
0: Yeah, strong, strong schedule there. Uh, hey, rounding, here's their
1: schedule: Marshall, Cal, North Carolina, BYU, Stanford, UNLV, Syracuse, Clemson, Navy, Boston College, USC.
0: Now let's see if let's say if somehow they went out that that. That schedule. They All go 11-1.
1: Right? and one.
0: Right? If they beat Clemson, USC, Ohio State, which I don't think they're going to, but let's say they just beat those three teams. Well, right there, you have a pedigree that should put you in the number one seed. But Ohio State doesn't have the chance to play Clemson during the regular season because they're in the Big Ten and Clemson's in the ACC. Until Notre Dame joins a conference, I do not think they should be allowed in the playoffs or even play for a championship.
1: Playoffs?
0: It is not fair.
1: We're talking about playoffs?
0: Let's round out the top ten for the love of Pete, because I'm sure 90% of our listeners do not care about this. Uh, I was hoping this was the
1: show, actually.
0: Yeah, no. Number six is Texas A&M, which stands for Animal Moms. And uh, number (laughs) seven is Utah surprising number eight doesn't matter uh number nine is oklahoma and number 10 is baylor michigan can say they're number eight all they want but at the end of the day jim harbaugh picked his nose and ate it on live television and i have the video to prove it and i post it every single year he's a dirty milk drinking khaki wearing nose picker and i wouldn't put him in charge of a peewee football team let alone michigan
1: <laughs> all right here's the question would you rather be named Dabo or get caught eating boogers on TV?
0: I would rather Dabo Sweeney give me a perpetual wet willy for 15 years than be seen in anything maize and blue. blue. <laughs>
1: uh, so you'd rather eat your boogers. I understand. Top,
0: top 20, Oregon, Oklahoma State, North Carolina, USC, Michigan State. Not a lot of Big Ten here in the, the top 20 top 20 just basically michigan michigan state and ohio state surprisingly uh 18 wisconsin 19 arkansas surprisingly kentucky coming in at 20 Mm -hmm. and then what surprises me is that 23 is cincinnati they always have a good team what luke what luke fickle is doing down there in cincinnati is absolutely astounding but again, because they're not here's here's the thing that bugs me again. You have Notre Dame up there at number five, no conference. Cincinnati is down at twenty three because they're in the American Athletic Conference. Because it's a, a it to a,
1: be the Big Twelve. It'll get way better.
0: Yeah, but and then BYU again can go. I say Notre Dame and BYU can play each other for the non conference conference championship.
1: Hey, uh twenty-three, twenty-four, and twenty-five, Cincinnati, Houston, and BYU are going into the Big Twelve. Great. Still, it's not gonna replace Texas and Oklahoma leaving.
0: Yep. Big Ten got uh Big Ten's gotten stronger, Big Twelve gotten weaker. Uh West Virginia should have jumped on the Big Ten when they had the chance. Did they ever have the chance? I don't know. I don't th- I,
1: th- I don't no, I don't think they're academic. I hate to say this about them, but I don't think their academics are good enough.
0: I think you have to have the big ten. I think you have to have at least all but one of your teeth in order to get into the big ten. (laughs) And all of their players and coaching staff have at least two or more teeth missing. (laughs) So (laughs) Oh man. Couldn't make it in. All right. For those few listeners that are still with us, we're done talking about sports for the next two weeks. I'm not gonna lie, we're probably gonna talk about sports again when Ohio State starts. Just bringing down the big dubs. Just W dub after Bringing down dub the
1: dubs. Bringing down the dubs.
0: Alright, let's get into some nearly new news. I've got some serious stories, but then I also have some not serious stories. Let's start with a serious story, just get it out of the way. This story comes to us from August 15th as well, from Vice News. Mexico arrested 167 cartel members at once. It did not go well. (laughs) (laughs) You don't say. The Mexican army arrested 167 heavily armed members of a regional self-defense group, Pueblos Unidos, with ties to several Mexican drug cartels on Saturday, one of the largest, largest apprehensions in Mexico's history. In addition to the arrests carried out in Micoacan, Mexican authorities seized more than 200 weapons, including several hand grenades and grenade launchers, but the operation was not without consequence. Hours later, the group kidnapped 25 members of Mexico's National Guard in retaliation, according to authorities. The group formed a large convoy in the streets of the Mexican tourist town, Europan in Micoacan State, I, I'm sorry if I'm butchering these names. I am I'm 100% American. Uh, America. And as you know, the world needs to learn about America, but America does not need to learn about the world. I'm pretty sure that America. was the slogan of my history teacher in high school. Uh, the men carried banners and rifles demanding the release of the other members of their organization previously arrested. Thanks to the hard work of the National Guard, the Mexican military, and state officials, we managed to arrest 167 armed men that pretended to destabilize the region, Michoacan Governor Alfred Ramirez said in a press conference. Huh? They pretended to destabilize the Dude, they kidnapped 37 people and barricaded the city's streets. Oh no, that was all pretend. I'd like to imagine that he said this as, in the background, like a rocket from a rocket launcher just shot off in the background and blew up a building. He's just like, ah, look at that. They're pretending to blow up a building behind me. (laughs) Several other armed men from Pueblo Unidos organization blocked six National Guard patrol vehicles and retained the 25 officers inside, according to Mexico authorities. The Pueblo Unidos leader arrived at the scene to negotiate with the authorities after making agreements. The retained officers were let go. Neither the authorities nor Pueblos Unidos would share the details of the negotiation. Among the people arrested on Saturday were Raimundo Gallegos, known as La Mesa- uh, Come on, guys. La Mesaca, who allegedly is a member of the criminal organization Calberros Templarios a succession from another self-claimed auto-defensa group turned drug cartel. La Familia Michiacana and Gabino Cornejo work are working for the Cartel Les Unidos Criminal Organization. you say Cornholio? Yep. I am Cornholio, and I need TP for my bunghole.
1: <laughs> Cornholio? I mean,
0: I mean, I don't know what you're referencing, Scott. I'm a, I'm a uh, I
1: am I've got no idea.
0: Although yeah, Pueblos no Unidos problem. announced their creation in 2021 as a self-defense group to fight against Cartel Jalisco uh, Nueva Generacion, this could be just a different name for the same organization, Carteles Unidos, United Cartels, which authorities have linked some of its leaders to other criminal organizations like La Familia Michiocana Calabria, or Caballeros, uh, Templarios, Las Viegras, and Sinaloa... C- I don't like Mexican words, Scott. Sinaloa you know, cartel. I could, I could
1: never do those.
0: The former leader Cardinals. of Pueblos Unidos, Jose Ademio Maldonado. Maldonado. Let me try that again. <laughs> Jose Artemio Maldonado. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just going to leave this.
1: I like it better the first time. Maldonado.
0: (laughs) Go. Yeah, I'm going to leave all of my misspeaks in there. We're going to get killed by the cartel. Known as El Michiacano, was known for being one of the biggest fuel thieves in Mexico. Known as Huchicoleros. In December... (laughs) <laughs> 2021, four months oh, after God. being arrested, he escaped in an impressive prison break along with eight other gang members. Security camera footage. I'm telling you, it says. Uchi Yeah, his name was. Huechi Hwe... Coleros. Huechi Coleros. Huchi I don't know. Hoochie Colored. Huchi Cario. K- k- karaoke. huge Karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, security camera footage shared on social media showed a jerry-rigged truck being used as a battering ram to open a hole in one of the prison walls, along with at least one car bomb. Maldonado was apprehended back again by federal authorities in April in Mexico City. So there you have it. I just still like the president's like, guys, nothing bad's happening. Okay? Yes. Okay, yes. 30 or so National Guardsmen were apprehended by a Mexican drug cartel. Yes, we had to negotiate with them in order to get those National Guardsmen free. Yes, they blocked traffic and then impeded a whole bunch of people. Yes, they have access to grenades and rocket launchers and things of the sort. Yes, one of the main guys is one of the biggest gas smugglers in the world. But really, nothing's going on here. It's all cool. Nothing to see here. Nothing to report, sir. What reminded me is that that sentence where the media showed a jerry-rigged truck being used as a battering ram. It reminded me in high school, there was a problem with an electrical wire that ran into the school, and somebody said that one of the the maintenance people jerry-rigged it in order to get it to work. And uh, one day the power went out, and I'm not joking, one of the girls in my class said, I can't believe it. And I said, what's wrong? She goes, the power's out. Jerry must have rigged it wrong. She thought... She, she thought that a maintenance man named Jerry rigged the power, and that's why we said Jerry rigged. Scott, I have a story for, from uh, the publication Tasting Table from August 14th, 2022 by Amanda Brett's. Really? Yeah, and it's titled, Why the Size of Your Fried Chicken Matters. Did you know that when it comes to ways of cooking chicken, deeply golden fried chicken is definitely a flavorful favorite? No, you don't say. I personally think that boiled chicken breasts are the best. I love it. Love it bland and rubbery. It's my favorite. From being the centerpiece of Sunday dinner to a picnic staple, fried chicken's popularity is understandable. I agree. It is understandable why people like fried chicken. So far, nothing. not a problem with this article. You
1: make a pretty mean uh, chicken thigh, redded chicken thigh. You you made that for me one time when you lived uh, down this way in that old farmhouse.
0: That's because it's not hard. It's also one of those dishes that seems like everyone has their own trick to make it better, juicier, crispier, more flavorful, or cooked perfectly golden and crispy. See, my trick is to undercook it a little bit, so that way... You get a little salmonella, and then you won't have me cook for you anymore, because I don't like cooking anymore. So I give people that eat my food salmonella. So they never ask. Some cooks prefer to soak the, the chicken in buttermilk, or in a buttermilk brine before frying, as noted in Taste of Home. While others swear by poaching the chicken and then frying it, as Sonny Anderson's recipe for the Today Show recommends... And when it comes to seasoning, everyone has their favorite spices they like to add to the breading. Per popular science, some key secrets to perfect fried chicken depend on the cooking process. No way. This dumbest article in the world. Hey, it turns out that when it comes to cooking chicken, how you cook it changes changes how it tastes. (laughs) I'm glad that we had to get popular science in on this in order to come up with that uh, uh, analysis. Man, this is such a good podcast. Um, such as the type fa- of fat used in uh, frying in batches, so you don't overcrowd the pan. But there could be an even more important factor when it comes to flawless fried chicken. Most cooks take the time to select the right ingredients for fried chicken, such as the spices and breading used, but can skip over the important detail of selecting a chicken that's of proper size and weight. It almost seems too simple. But could the real secret to perfect fried chicken be as easy as choosing the right bird? Many people may assume that bigger is better. According to Southern Living, a common error that many cooks make is selecting a bird that's too large. The article further explained that the optimal chicken for frying weighs between two and three pounds. Picking out a bigger bird means that it takes longer to cook. And when it comes to fry food, that usually results in an undercooked inner layer and a burnt crust. And nobody wants that. The next time you're in the mood for some home-cooked fried chicken, be sure to just drive to KFC like a normal person.
1: (laughs) So they're saying about the size of a Cornish game hen will get the job done.
0: Here's the thing. I have never once made fried chicken where I bought an entire chicken. Where I was like, oh, I can't wait to go home and debone this before frying it. It's not. Just go and buy some legs. They're they're, They're like 50 cents. Chicken legs are the cheapest meat in the entire world. Just go and get them, fry them up, and go, Mmm, that's great. I'm so glad I didn't have to decide whether or not to pick a big chicken or a little chicken.
1: Look at that solving world's problems, Zach.
0: This is from CNN, from today, August 16th, 2022. The title reads, Snoopy, mannequins, and Apollo 11 items will swing by the moon aboard Artemis I. Mmm, boy. Do you, I have your attention yet? Not really, but go ahead. <laughs> when the Space Launch System rocket, an Orion capsule, scheduled for liftoff August 29th, set off on a trip beyond the moon, the spacecraft will be carrying some special items on board. Inside Orion will be three mannequins, toys, and even an Amazon Alexa, along with historic and educational items. It seems like NASA just kind of like went around the office and was like, hey, do you guys got anything that you don't want anymore? We're going to blow it into space. (laughs) The mission, which will kick off the Artemis program with the aim of eventually returning humans to the moon, carries on a tradition that began in the 1960s of NASA spacecraft bearing mementos. Artemis will carry 120 pounds of mementos and other items in its official flight kit. It's so dumb. This is dumb. Why are we sending random crap into space? What if an alien finds know. it? What if an alien finds it and looks at Snoopy and is like, these people oh. these people worship this dog, apparently. Let's go kill yeah. him, because they're apparently real dumb.
1: Or, could you imagine having your identity stolen by a Martian? Yeah, tell me about it. Oh my. An illegal alien
0: stole your identity. That's why we yes. need to close the borders. Exactly. Exactly. Because aliens are going <laughs> to steal I say, your identity. I
1: say, did I say,
0: <laughs> Sitting in the commander's seat of Orion will be Commander Munikin Campos, a suited mannequin that can collect data on what future human crews might experience on a lunar trip. Its name picked via a public contest is a nod to Arturo Campos, a NASA electrical power subsystem manager who aided in Apollo 13's safe return to Earth. The commander's post has sensors in place behind the seat and headrest to track acceleration and vibration for the duration of the mission, which is expected to last about 42 days. The mannequin will also wear the new Orion Crew Survival System suit designed for astronauts to wear during launch and re-entry. The suit has two, count them, two radiation sensors. Boom, look at that. Hmm. What would it cost b- me, what would it take rather, for me to get you inside of one of these new Orion Crew Survival System suits. I tell you what, this baby's tricked out with everything. It's going to track your acceleration, your vibration. And you know about radiation, how it's bad? You saw that show Chernobyl, right? Radiation's bad. It makes your hair fall out, you're going to die. How about this? Not one radiation sensor, but... Because I like you, I'll throw in a second one. Number two. Two phantoms? They're sending ghosts up in the space now. Would two you f- go
1: to the moon? I mean, if you had the chance, would you go to the moon?
0: Yeah, Scott. Would you would really? You? Yes. To get away from I'm my thinking, wife and child for 42 days? Can I go are by you myself?
1: Kidding me? Are Can you I go kidding? by myself? I'm trying
0: to ask you a serious question. Can I go by <laughs> myself? I'm being serious. I'm being dead serious. Sure, Can I why please not? go by myself?
1: You realize the wreck you would be in space on about day four? No, it would be awesome to go to space. It would be fun to watch, actually. I wouldn't do it. I don't know why. I just. You
0: know, you always hear those stories of those, like, you always hear those stories of, like, uh, uh, the solitaire confinement, you know, Mm -hmm. projects and whatever. I I guarantee you, all those people in those experiments that come out all crazy didn't have a wife and child. I guarantee it. Are you telling me that I can sit inside of a box by myself for a month and be left alone? Yes, please, sign me up. Can Can I do two?
1: Is your mother-in-law still listening to this show? I don't know.
0: Probably not. Two phantoms, phantoms are in quotations, named Helga and Zoar, will ride the other Orion seats. They're sending ghosts into space, everyone. We should be concerned. These mannequin torsos are made of materials that mimic the soft tissue, organs, and bones of a woman. But I thought that you couldn't tell based on... Tissue and bones. Whether someone is a woman or not, CNN.
1: That was the other story they were reporting
0: on. Isn't that interesting? What mm-hmm. but bre- breaking news? It turns out you can find out who's a woman and a man. It's real simple. That's the headline. Find out whether the person you're sitting across from is a man or a woman in two easy steps. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave. You those
1: submit st- that to CNN.
0: I'll leave those steps up to you. <clears throat> The two torsos have more than 5,600 sensors and 34 radiation detectors. Move over, survival suit. We're talking 5,600 sensors, 34 radiation detectors to measure how much radiation exposure occurs during the mission. The mannequins are part of the Astro Astrorad Radiation Experiment. A collaboration between the German Aerospace Center, the Space or Israel Space Agency, NASA, and institutions across multiple countries. Zawar will wear Astro Rad and radiation protection vests to see how effective they could be if future crews encountered a solar storm. I tell you what though, say what you want about NASA or whether or not we should be doing this kind of stuff and whatnot, but on the torsos of the mannequins is a German flag next to an Israeli flag next to an American flag. America. Think about, no, seriously, think about that for a second. When America sent people to the moon, it was 1960s, right? There was only two mm-hmm. decades separated between World War II and sending someone to the moon. Now, we're not even 100 years separated from World War II, and already the Germans and the Israelis are working together to help people in space.
1: A that's, feel good story, Zach.
0: I mean, that's kind of cool. I know that you think I'm being stupid, but I'm being serious.
1: No, I'm not being. I'm not being stupid at all. That is a you feel are, good story. You are being
0: stupid. <laughs> <laughs> all right, this next section is called "Toys in Space." It's not. It's not spelled that way, but that's how I'm reading it. Uh- <laughs> Oh, shoot. Snoopy and space just go together like peanut butter and fingernails. The beloved character, created by Charles <laughs> M. Schultz, has been associated with NASA or with NASA missions since the Apollo program, when Schultz drew comic strips showing Snoopy on the moon. The Apollo 10 lunar module got the nickname Snoopy because its job was to snoop around and scout the Apollo 11 landing site on the moon, according to NASA. And a plush Snoopy toy will fly as zero gravity indicator, or as a zero gravity indicator in the capsule. Okay, that's kind of cool. They're just going to use this Snoopy toy to see if there's gravity up there. Uh, the agency has a yeah. long history of using toys in space as zero gravity indicators, so named because they begin to float once the spacecraft has entered zero gravity. So yeah, they're going to send a whole bunch of uh, a whole bunch of junk to the moon. Apparently, on this Artemis space mission, it's going to be great. Stay tuned. We'll see how that works out. I've got two more stories here I, I know which one I want to end on so and I know I don't want to skip this one because it's just too good uh this comes to us from August fifteenth two thousand and twenty two from the British publication The Guardian Japanese nurseries take home dirty nappy rule perplexes parents they take home what dirty nappy. It's a take-home-dirty-nappy rule perplexes parents. I'm, like we said, American, so I had to read this about 23 times before I understood. Uh, A nappy is a British word for diaper. Uh. So it could read, Japanese nurseries take-home-dirty-diaper rule perplexes parents. Do I have your attention yet, Scott? You do now. Waiting lists for Japanese nurseries are finally falling but many parents have found that securing one of the coveted places comes at a price, taking home their child's spoiled diapers. A survey has shown a light on the common but rarely discussed practice with about 40% of towns and cities in Japan saying they demand the guardians of their infant clientele take their used diapers with them.
1: Hmm. Putting them in their own trash just too much?
0: I've... Quote, I've never told the daycare that it bothers me because I don't want to rock the boat, but it's strange, said one mother who returns from picking up her child with three or four filled diapers in a bag that she throws away as soon as she gets home. Why should I take them home? Great question, Zach. <laughs> Great
1: question
0: <laughs> Tell me. Why should I take them home? added the woman whose two year old daughter attends daycare in Kyoto, where the city government has had the policy in place since twenty eleven, according to Manny or er, Mayanichi Shimbun newspaper, or to the Mayanichi Shinbun newspaper. Baby job, an Osaka-based child support company that supplies diapers to public child care providers surveyed all 1,461 municipalities that run daycare centers and found 39% operated a takeaway policy. The firm placed towns and cities on the list even if just one of the centers they operate make parents return home each day with used diapers. The poll found 49% had no such requirement, while 11% were unsure or simply responded other. The chief offender was Shiga Prefecture in western japan where 89% of nursery facilities ask parents to take their child's diapers home compared with 17% in tokyo and 5% in the southern prefecture of okinawa the facilities so gave do they, what what do they, do they have like little cubbies that are designated
1: for the dirty diapers so well they're you, they you they do what stuck with i don't somebody
0: I don't, I don't, I don't know. What I don't get is they're putting, they're clearly putting these in a bag to hand to the parent. Yeah. Why couldn't that bag just be the trash can? Yeah, exactly. Can you I, imagine I, I, going in and be like, what's that smell? I can't imagine going to pick my kid up from a daycare center and being handed his dirty diapers. You know what I would have done with them? I would have thrown him them at I would have been like, "No, Yo, you, you take those. These, these, were, these are your responsibility. These happened under your roof. Oh, my goodness. The facilities gave several reasons for making the demand, with most saying it gave parents the opportunity to check their child's health by examining their stools, while a smaller number said that they did not have the facilities or budget to dispose of the diapers themselves. You know what? That's fair, because every time I I put one of Joseph's diapers into our diaper genie, a little gnome popped Uh out and demanded 50 cents. Yeah, yeah. It got expensive after a while. The diaper gnome. (laughs) Give me 50 cents. If I didn't have 50 cents, he would have bit me right on the kneecap.
1: Check my kid's health. He's going to poop here in a little bit. How about I just check it the next go round?
0: Well, you know how it is, Scott. You have a newborn baby. This is definitely first parent problems, right? You have a newborn baby. You always just dig a little bit through their poo. Always. Said someone who has Uh, never dug through their child's poop in their life
1: not even
0: once. I mean, I would understand if my kid swallowed like a penny, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Sure. Hey, can you save these diapers? I'm trying to make sure this penny doesn't get lodged in his small intestine. Yeah. But not on a daily basis. Hey, we thought maybe you'd like to look through these. No, I'm okay. Thank you though. Appreciate it. We're good. We're good. Uh, We just don't have the facilities or the budget to dispose of diapers. Apparently in Japan, you have to have a special magic trash can. In the, an official in the southwestern city of Fukioka said that the practice was a hangover from days when reusable diapers were more common. We want the children's guardians to keep track of their health condition, such as the number of times they poo. Yokonori Abe of the Municipal Government's Children's Future Bureau told, uh, Mananichi Shimbun. I'll tell you what. I appreciate it. But, uh, tell you you what, you just tell me how many times they pooed and I'll take your word for it. (laughs) I believe you.
1: (laughs) Oh, you think you may have missed one? It's all right. We'll be fine.
0: Now, this makes sense. Okay. Uh, uh, guardians buy crayons and other items that are used by individual children at the center. The same goes for diapers with guardians bearing the cost of their disposal. Excuse me. If uh, my child's crayon came in contact with their poop, feel free to throw that away too. It's okay. Yeah. I'll buy him another you crayon. You to knock yourself out. We'll figure it out. Yukio... <laughs> we'll make it work. Yuko Fujita, a sociology professor at Meiji University, said the policy reflected Japanese society, or society's outdated approach to child care. It is allowed to continue because our society has little awareness of raising children together, she said. The idea that it's the mother's responsibility to take care of children and their excrement is deeply rooted. Hey, here is your child's diapers. Could you please throw this away? Do I look like this baby's mother? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. While the number of births in Japan fell to a record low of 810,000 last year, Anger among working mothers over the lack of child care facilities has prompted local governments to dramatically increase places at publicly run daycare centers. The number of children waiting for preschool slots in Tokyo has fallen to about 300, compared with more than 8,500 five years ago, while 80% of towns and cities no longer have a waiting list, according to the welfare ministry. I think... That Japanese people are the weirdest people on the planet. That sure is. All I'm saying is I have never, 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 never even thought for a second that a daycare facility anywhere would be like, Hey, do you want these crappy diapers? <laughs> Oh, what, are they not good? Do I need to buy a different kind? No, no, literally, these are crappy diapers. They're filled with these crap. Crappy diapers. Please, take these with you.
1: Oh,
0: I imagine man. that there's a, a garbage can right outside of the nursery that all the parents just walk up to and just dump them in. It's like, you all know right. what
1: a fun game would be, though? Take your kids outside, line them up, and play Poopy Diaper Dodgeball.
0: I have an even better one. You know that that like icebreaker game that you play sometimes whenever you go to camp or whatever where you take off... Uh, one of your shoes, and put it in a big pile, and then everybody races to try to find whose shoes belong to who. Yeah. Same concept, just dirty diapers and babies. Yeah.
1: Who's, your, is, who's You just have a pile of dirty
0: yeah. diapers right in the middle, and then you just rush around to figure out which baby this dirty diaper belonged to. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Great Scott, idea. Scott, here's a story that I had to read twice because I did not believe it. <laughs> I love this story so much. This is from August 13th by Mark uh, Aguarino from the Washington Post. The man who shot Reagan wants to play concerts. It's not going well.
1: He wants to play concerts.
0: Now, are you telling me that a middle-aged man, a middle-aged John Hankley, is staring at me from my computer screen right now with a guitar over his shoulder with the words John Hinckley written on them? Why, yes, Scott. Yes, I am. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, do tell me more. In early June, did you know this? In early June, John W. Hankley Jr. was freed after 41 years of oversight from the court and mental health systems. Having faced gradually loosening restrictions over many years, he now no longer needs to notify the court when he travels. He can access social media and email, and he can use his own name commercially. A great day for me, he said. But yeah, Hinckley- you know, my my first thought is how how would you travel without like a
1: full staff of bodyguards? I mean he, he I, no, because, because as, the
0: most Because as John Hinckley Scott, he realized that the majority of the professional people in this world were born after John Hinkley shot Ronald Reagan, right?
1: Yeah, but there's still some of us left.
0: True, but if I I, I I tell you what, before I showed you that picture, if I lined up John Hankley with a, about 10 other. Oh, average I had no, had no people, clue. Exactly. That's no why he clue. can travel around without bodyguards. That, and nobody really cares that he shot J- uh, Reagan because one, Reagan died later, and two, he didn't kill Reagan.
1: He's a dead man. I'm saddened.
0: But Hankley, who shot President Ronald Reagan in 1981, has come to realize that freedom is relative. The notoriety that has followed him for decades is preventing him from what he wants to do most. Perform music to a live audience. <laughs> so stupid. John Hickley I was don't. drunk
1: the day Reagan went out to his limo.
0: There's tears in my eyes, <laughs> and that's why I missed shooting Reagan. I am an assassin. But I'm not a very good shot. I missed when I tried to make the president pop. I shot six times in the bullet didn't find the target. It lodged in his abdomen and then he went to the hospital. They pulled it out and they threw me in some asylum. But forty-one years later I just wanna play music. <laughs> we're we're horrible. <laughs> Oh. On the same day the order went into effect, releasing him from court oversight, Hankley learned a music club in Brooklyn had citing safety concerns from threats directed at them online, canceled a small sold-out concert in July where he hoped to perform 17 original songs. That the event present or er, represented a lifelong dream for the 67-year-old who began playing guitar when he was a teenager. It was one of several concerts, the others in Chicago, Hamden, Connecticut, Williamsburg, Virginia, that abruptly canceled for similar reasons. I had been thinking about this concert for several months now, planning and practicing, he said. If he were any other shooter found not guilty by reason of insanity and later deemed not a danger to himself or others, Hinckley might have been free of the court system years ago and blending in with his guitar at a New York City club. But his victims included the U.S. president, as well as a press secretary, a D.C. police officer, and a secret servant's agent. And he didn't manage to kill a single one of those. Scott, this is the worst assassin in the world. He managed to shoot 43 people, and all of them survived. I'm just saying, I'm not not saying what he did was right or wrong, and I'm definitely not saying that I wish any of those people did die. I'm just saying... Write a book called Hey I'm the Worst Assassin Ever
1: Ever It'll sell So He's got a song called
0: uh, You Let Whiskey Do Your Talking He's got another song called Oops I sneezed when I pulled the trigger Um, (laughs) He's got a song That's just called Jodie Foster But in parentheses it says I Missed Reagan When I Missed You This one's original (laughs) You'll love this one It's called now, that was a funny joke. That was a funny joke. You're not gonna move on from that one. A song called Jody Foster called "I Missed Reagan When I Missed You." That's hilarious. <laughs> for those of, who know, called... those of you don't know, of you don't know, Hinckley shot Reagan because he wanted to get Jody Foster's attention so that she would date him. How did that work out for him? By the way, pretty good. He's getting sold out concert shows. <laughs> He has a song called,
1: I Sing My Songs. (laughs) Okay. John Hinckley
0: Jr. singing tour. If he's coming to a stadium near us, I'm going. Actually, I'm not. How could we not? Have you heard some of his? I want to try to find a song for us to listen to. The tour also sends a message that mental health issues
1: and a criminal past can be recovered from and atoned for after serving one's debt to society and getting real treatment.
0: That's what I was thinking. It also says, hey, if you want to be a famous musician, all you to do is shoot the president and wait 40 years. Yeah. Then you can't. What song do we want to listen to? Uh, you and I are free. The majesty of love. Can't we get along? Vagabonds. We're drifting on the sea. May your love light show. May your dreams come true. Get back to love. A hundred reasons. Like a dream. Revolution of love. Something better. Places I've been. John Hankley, you've only been to one place, the asylum, for 41 years. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, what do we want? Oh, we have got that chemistry. I want John Hankley singing to me about how we've got that chemistry. I'm sorry. This is going to be great. Okay. Best listener. This is going to be the best two minutes of your life. Two minutes and 35 seconds. Uh-huh. They're not going to listen to this. Nobody's listening. And if to it's this not, <laughs> after the NCAA <laughs> AP poll talk, nobody's listening to us right now. I know. <laughs> it's a shame, too. Let's listen to this. Sit so back and relax and listen to We've Got That Chemistry by a hot new artist, the 67-year-old would-be assassin, John Hankley Jr. John Hinkley, not Fortune, I don't
1: need to have you. You don't have that much of me. I think Paul Mays is singing with me. All I gotta do is hold you
0: Cause we have got that chemistry God, I close we'll my eyes and go to sleep knowing In the morning it's you I will see Our hearts are true and darling we always show it
1: Cause we have got that chemistry. I can't do much
0: more. Yeah, you ready to click out? Yeah, he, he he can't sing. This guy can't sing. That is the most okay. tuned crap in the world. Stop, 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 yeah, stop. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm out. Okay, we're all out. <laughs> all right. It's just weird, Hinkley singing about falling asleep next to you and waking up. Ew, Hinkley. Yeah, have you near me in the morning. Let's go back to the article. I'm sorry, but uh, this is shocking. The Reagan Foundation opposed lifting Hinkley's restrictions and his attempt at a music career, saying in a statement that Hinkley apparently seeks to make profit from his infamy. (laughs) Yeah, because there's
1: no other way anybody's going to go hear him sing.
0: Of Course not. I want to go see John Hankley sing just so I could say I saw what John Hankley sing. I saw the man who shot the president. Yeah. If Lee Harvey Oswald had an art show, I'd probably go to that too. We'll go see and we'll quickly leave. A oh. 2021 op ed in the Washington Post by Patty Davis, one of Reagan's daughters, also protested his freedom. I don't feel or I don't believe that John Hankley feels remorse, she wrote. Narcissists rarely do. The Market Hotel, located in Brooklyn's Bushwick neighborhood, released a statement on social media that said the concert was, quote, not worth a gamble on the safety of our vulnerable communities in a dangerously ra- radicalized reactionary climate. It was a disappointment, Hankley said. 500 tickets had already been sold. The venue said it was being inundated with some very real and worsening threats and hate. Until he emerged on Twitter in October 2021, Hinckley was well-known mostly to people who remember the Reagan years, and that March day in 1981, when he fired six shots at the president outside a hotel in Washington. Besides Reagan, the shots hit Press Secretary James Brady, a D.C. police officer, and a Secret Service agent. Brady suffered brain damage and died of his injuries in 2014. Uh, can you? Look, not, how, how do you die from those injuries 23 years later? I don't think. I don't, no, it's not 23 years later, Scott. We're talking about 33
1: years. 33.
0: Later. I don't think you can say you died from an injury 33 years after getting the injury. I'm not trying to. Say anything negative towards that guy, I just that's a weird way of saying that. Mhm I stubbed my toe uh you know twenty years ago, and if I ever get gout in my old age, what am I gonna say ah oh, this is this is clearly a forty three year old injury coming back to haunt me. <laughs> yep that's how you tell it. A jury found Hankley not guilty by reason of insanity, and he was ordered to live in a psychiatric hospital in Washington for more than three decades. However, starting in 2003, the court started allowing him visits with family. And in 2016, he was approved to live full-time in Williamsburg, Virginia, where his parents had relocated so that they could be nearby. The rulings came with restrictions, such as giving officials access to email accounts and electronic devices and notifying them if he planned to travel outside of a set distance from his home. As Hinckley worked to manage his mental illness privately, his public image continued to root him in 1981. I wonder why. When he shot the president and others out of a deranged plot to impress actress Jodie Foster. Hinckley says he doesn't watch television, and he isn't interested in learning what people say about him. Quote, I don't want to read up on all that, and I don't want to know but after decades of silence, Hinckley has something to say. I just don't have the depression and isolation that I had back then, he said. That's what was driving me 41 years ago, but I have not had depression for many, many years. If I, had to try to, if I tried to think about the way I was in 1981, I can't do it. I mean, what in the world was I thinking? It's like it was another person. I do have remorse, certainly, for what happened. It's in one of my songs. <laughs> <laughs> Stop it! You're lying. You're
1: lying. No, no, no! no. Are you serious? <laughs> you know, and truth be told, Zach, here's a guy that very possibly could have benefited from a 40 day trip to a to
0: the moon with mannequins, all by himself. I'm pretty back sure in 1981. that this man. He's on a 40-day trip with mannequins to the moon, and he's never left the Earth. (laughs) He could have used a break. The nearly 40 songs he has posted to YouTube, Spotify, and other streaming services reflect his journey in the simplest terms. I was lost in the world, enough to make you cry. He sings in one song that laments the hardships of living with, quote, nagging fear I would not be free. Dark is the night. But there's always dawn, he sings in another. Dark is the night, the fear will soon be gone. Music is soothing for him. Quote, it's just a good feeling to write good song. But his ultimate purpose, he said, is to communicate with others. Well, I write peaceful songs. The climate in the country now is just, it's just so bad. I just try to write songs to uplift people, he said. On video, Hankley presents an austere picture performs solo with an acoustic guitar against a plain backdrop. His songs are simply constructed and strummed. The music, which has attracted 30,000 subscribers on YouTube and more than 15,000 monthly listeners on Spotify, has connected with an audience he did not expect. Generation Z listeners who weren't even alive in 1981. Yeah, that sounds right. Generation Z's like, you, you gotta hear this old man, John Hankley, man. He's just great. He's great. <laughs> They don't have their parents or even their grandparents prejudice about me. They're open-minded, Hinkley said, since he emerged on Twitter. He has also been barraged with messages from young people, including some musicians who encourage him and say they recognize themselves in his struggle with mental illness. Bunny... I hope this is a stage name. Bunny Galbert, 25, contacted Hinckley via Twitter and ended up creating his website and booking his Chicago date, which... The venue later canceled. She said her generation is more willing to forgive Hinckley because his infamy pales in comparison to the new realities of growing up in the weird, dark America after 9-11. Shut up, Bunny. <laughs> you weren't even... Al- <sighs> she was barely alive when 9-11 happened. Don't tell me about growing up in the weird, dark realities. I'll tell you what it's like to grow up in the weird, dark, dark realities. I was... I was 10 years old when 9-11 happened. I grew up in the weird and or dark realities of 9-11. I was old enough to be, remember waving goodbye to my dad at the tarmac of, a, of an airport when I was 7 or 8. And i got to be afraid of everybody with a hat on. That looks a little weird. <laughs> Our world has less shock value than in 1981, she said, as someone who suffered mental illness in her teenage years. She said she can also empathize with this journey to get well. Quote, I, too, tried to kill someone trying to get Jodie Foster's attention. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, honestly, though, who hasn't tried to kill someone trying to get Jodie Foster's attention? Yeah. As someone who suffered at mental illness in her teenage years, she said she can also empathize with his journey to get well. After being put away like that and judged, he could have chosen anger and resentment, but instead chose to make songs of peace, she said. Matt Panith, an independent concert promoter in New York who booked The Brooklyn Show, characterized Hinckley as someone who is simply trying to regain lost time. Quote, he didn't get to experience life. And he's putting out a message of positivity in his music. You want to know why he didn't get to experience life? He, he shot, shot the, the president, president of the United States. You don't get to experience life anymore after you do that, you big dummy. I just don't understand why Manson died in prison. He didn't get to experience much life after Helter Skelter and killing Sharon. The younger generations are dumb. They're dumb. Dumb. They're dumb. They're horribly dumb. There's something heartfelt and honest about Hinckley's music, said Paneth, whose company Scenic Presents specializes in punk shows. One Hinkley song, Quote, never-ending quest, he said, is particularly poignant. He's saying he's on this quest to get out there and live his life. That's a beautiful, honest message. Listen, Pandith, I know that I wasn't alive when Hankley shot Reagan, and I know that you weren't alive because you're the same age as me, so this is even millennials being stupid. But the last time Hankley was out there in the world living his life, he shot three people. There's some people in this world that don't deserve a second chance and certainly don't deserve having a microphone shoved in their face and singing their song. I've never once shot the president, and I still don't think I deserve to have a microphone shoved in my face because look what stupidity I do with it. (laughs) Hear, hear! After living in his mother's house... Until her death last summer, Hankley relocated to a one-bedroom apartment in Williamsburg, where he lives with his cat, a blonde tabby named Jody. <laughs> ah, ah, ah! You're lying again. I am, though. I made know? that one up. No, well, it's, named, it's named Theo. But gosh, I wish it was named Jody. That would oh make this story <laughs> so much better.
1: That would be. I think it would be justification to put him back in jail. Actually.
0: He practices guitar, talks with his neighbors in his building, probably about him stopping practicing his guitar, and maintains a vinyl record collection he's had since a teenager. Bob Dylan, The Beatles, The Who, and The Kinks are his favorite, not to mention this great new indie band that never really got off his feet, the Charlie Manson Project. I'm sure there are new bands that I would like, but I always look back to 60 music. he said, Helter Skelter. Uh his friends are those who live in his building or work nearby or at the nearby antique mall where he once had a booth, but now consigns items he finds around town. No, those aren't his friends. Those are the people that are forced to interact with them because they live in Hinckley's building. These the I wonder how many of them seriously thought about moving? I don't know. The second I heard him saying I thought about moving to a different planet. <laughs> Twelve years ago, while hospitalized, he took a painting, abstract renderings of men, women, and sometimes cats. They sell within minutes when he posts them on eBay. wonder
1: how much they are.
0: I'm not a great painter, he admits. I don't get a thrill of my painting like I do the music. Besides his monthly social security check, he gets a monthly social security check? (laughs) For what? I
1: thought you had to pay into that. Was he disabled?
0: Yeah. I mean, he literally was found innocent by reason of insanity.
1: Well, then he gets a he gets a disability check.
0: I can't believe that a would-be assassin of the President of the United States is being paid Social Security. <laughs> being paid by the government. Heck of a country we live in. <laughs> Besides his monthly Social Security check, the paintings provide a regular income. Williamsburg is his comfort zone. People are nice to me, he said. Every Tuesday, Tuesday. Every Tuesday, every Tuesday, he joins a small therapy group and he visits his psychiat- or psychiatrist once a month in a nearby town. Hankley, you need to move that up. But I'd, I'd go at least twice a month, maybe even weekly
1: twice a month just for. Yeah,
0: but mainly I don't my see focus... any John
1: Hankley paintings on okay. uh, eBay, by the way.
0: But mainly my focus <laughs> is trying to come up with a new song, he said. Hankley spends a significant amount of time dealing with a steady dream of documentary filmmakers, autograph hounds, and other curiosity seekers who lobby for his attention online, he said. But what he wants is to play his first show and have the world move on. No, the the world doesn't get to move on, Hankley. You shot a president. You can't be like, guys, come on. It was 41 years ago. Sorry. (laughs) I said I was sorry, guys! Can't we just just start again? Jody, please call me. After three dates were canceled earlier this summer, Hinkley took it into his own hands to rent the theater located in the Williamsburg Regional Library for a date in November. But three hours after he announced the date on Twitter in early August, that venue, too, canceled his appearance because, quote, the library immediately received hostile comments through chat and email. And it was becoming (laughs) apparent The concert was clearly going to become a major disruption to library operations, Desiree Parker, the library spokesman, said via email. Philip Resnick, an expert in forensic psychiatry at Case Western Reserve University of Medicine in Cleveland, said Hankley's hospitalizations was unusually long for someone found not guilty by reason of insanity. The average hospital length is three to four years. He's been hospitalized for an extraordinary length of time because of the infamy of his crime rather than evidence, he said. He shot the president! Wow. Wow.
1: So he's making the declaration he should have been out in three to four years.
0: Performing music in public, quote, would not be a concern for anyone with a psychiatric problem. Anyone? What if your psychiatric problem is you see crowds or people clapping and you think they're coming to murder you? And you pull out a newsie and shoot all of them. At least, if John Hinckley did that, no one would die. Oh <laughs> <laughs> my, right, it's just a flesh wound, or at least not for 33 years. It's not as if you're taking him from an inpatient situation and just plopping him out in public. He's been in public under supervision for years. Paneth, who recruited a drummer and bass player for Hinckley, said he continues to search for venues to work or to work with because. He believes Hinckley deserves a stage. Hinckley said he's waiting things out, driven only by, quote, the love of music and trying to keep a positive attitude. One piece of good news he received last month was learning that Asbestos Records, an independent ska and punk label, will release a vinyl recording of Hinckley's songs later this year, according to Matt Flood, the label's president. Once people hear his songs, Hinckley said, they will understand his only agenda is putting out a positive vibe. I heard his songs. It's not. It's not new. One of his songs says it all. You only know what used to be. You don't know a different side of me. The past is over. I have found a new and better day. I. I. Good night, everybody. (laughs) I'm literally, that's where I'm going to end the show. It's right there. Yeah, well, you you can't give anything worse.